passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football. Welcome back. As uh, we continue, uh, second hour, John Talty will join us in a few minutes to get an update on a lot of the changes that have been made at the Alabama coaching staff. We'll also get his thoughts on uh, some other news in Tuscaloosa this week that uh, has blown up. More of your phone calls right now, and uh, DeBam is, is up next. Paul, What's up, Paul, man? Paul. I can't get no satisfaction, Paul, and I'm so so sorry I got to ask for your permission to get some for us little fellas. And uh, it's going to take your permission for me to talk to them little fellas out there that just don't like us. Can I get your permission to oh, do uh, that? You, you have my permission to say whatever you'd like. Well, this is the thing, Paul. I'm going to have to write it down. I'm going to have to script it. Because there's so much that I say in my language that don't fit into your language, your show. And God bless Dominic. I mean, my advice to him, young man, just be yourself. But I'm going to have to script the call because I'm so tired of these callers coming in about us little fellas. And I'm probably the littlest fella of them all. And I'm just going to have to write it down because every time I come in and try to talk, some kind of word gets fouled up and I get, uh, you know, I don't get to finish my call. Well, so, well, well, well I mean, before, you go, before you go any further, we, uh, we have some, it's a family network. So when a caller goes over a certain line, it's not like we look at each other and have a, and have a meeting. We don't go down to uh, Naples uh, for, for a week long conference. We just pull the plug. We, we do not, we do not ask, we do not stop, we do not pass go, you're gone. So, I mean, all I've got to do is write a script no, all you, all you have to do is, is, talk, is talk like you, uh, you would talk civilly, and, 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 and you're going to get it. No, and, and we'd appreciate if you would start doing that right now. Well, I'm talking as civilly as I possibly can. Yeah, but you're talking civilly, but you're not really saying anything. You're, you're going in circles right now, Bam. Well, you got the little fella here that's got to say something to the little fella out there in Montgomery. Right. The ass man. And... I can't do it on this call because I haven't got it written down. I don't know if that makes any sense to you or not. Bam, uh, at this point in time, Randy, you are not making any sense. Well, I'm so sorry about that. I mean, it's one of them. I'm trying to get satisfaction. I ain't got no satisfaction. But you got this one call. You know, on that song, apparently, uh, Keith Richards woke up in the middle of the night. You ever heard the story? And started doing the licks on satisfaction. Yes. And yes. I, th- I think he, uh, he, as soon as Mick woke up, they were at a motel in Florida. Mick walked, uh, walked out to the swimming pool, Bam. Yep. Wrote the song in 10 minutes. One of their most famous and highly regarded songs they've ever done. Anyway, uh, we've all, we, all, we all were blessed by, and I don't mean to be a hog here, but my, my hitting the, the off button on BAM, we, were, we all received a, a blessing from above. Yes, yes. So thank you, or thank me, I should be saying. 
Uh, Swamp Dog is up next. Hello, Mr. Paul. How are you doing? Very well. I usually call you and talk to you about football and maybe some music. I appreciate you talking about music there. You bet. But uh, And I want to give a little shout-out before I get to what I really called you about. I appreciate Eli Gold, and uh, I know the fan base that loves him, just like the fan base that Georgia loves Larry Munson. He grew up on that, you know. I, I'm old enough to know about the radio guys, you know, and uh, how much it means to everybody. You know, it's very important. It's, somebody been there 30-something years, you know, that's, that's all you know. They're the voice of your team. But uh, what I really wanted to call you about today was a caller from yesterday. I don't normally jump on other callers, but somebody called yesterday accusing me of stealing the name that I used to call this show, of stealing it from somebody. And I did not do that. I I made that name up myself. And you know why I did it? Because, because of where I'm located. And I'm a dog fan. And he his name is Orson from Alabama. I don't know. I never seen yeah, him. Yeah, I do remember that. He, yeah. He, he was saying that, and maybe there was another one, but I didn't know about it. And that's not – he was trying to say that I'm just using that name to get on your show or something, and that's not the truth. And I just wanted to make that clear today. Well, that's really glad. Uh, thank you so much. I, I, these last two calls, Randy, yeah. have me starting to seriously wonder whether there should be a program tomorrow. But we are going to save the day by going to Logan – Hey, Paul. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming to me. I just want to say, never take a call from Wicksburg, Alabama. That is a bad decision. That guy was, yeah, just just don't take a call from Wicksburg, Alabama. You'll be better for it. Yeah. But, um, Already feel hey, better. man, I'm still smart. <laughs> well, no, I love Dan. I love the screener, but, yeah, I just, I, I gave him a little bit of advice today. Like, somebody called in from Wicksburg, Alabama. Just hang up on them, man. Okay, we got it. Trust me. All right, cool. Um, Hey, so Eli Gold thing, I was a little bit upset still. So he didn't have a choice is from what you said. But uh, no, I'm, I'm not, is, this is not what I said. Uh, this is what he said. Okay. Uh, he okay. said in an okay. interview today with uh, Mark Heim down in, uh, in, in Mobile mm-hmm. that he was given an opportunity uh, to – do the spring game and they were going to honor him and that was it essentially they're saying it's over he 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 asked and said listen uh, what about one more year and then i'll retire and they said no gotcha okay that to me that 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 hurts man i mean and i don't know i don't he want also to said that the, they were they were they were they were on, they were on the listen i i'm not taking sides here because i don't know but right. i don't know both sides but I do know the people at Alabama involved with the decision, and I'm, I'm willing to venture they had some specific grievances with him. Oh, really, Paul? That's weird. I didn't See, I didn't know that. Well, that that's, is now out in the open. I guess it'll come out in the open, yeah. John Talty is working on a book on this right now. <laughs> well, he'll, be good, on, he'll be on in a few minutes. That's awesome. But, hey, about Jim quitting the show, man. Hey, Jim, I know you're listening. How are you doing, Lewis? 
Hey, man, uh, stop calling in. If you really want to quit the show, really quit the show, man. Stop calling in. You got your ass kicked by uh, Johnny B the other day, so you should just retire for a while. If you want to call back in, come back in with something good, man. I mean, he he has about one good call every three weeks. And, I mean, come on, man. You can do better than that. But, uh Anyway, Paul, uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, basketball game last night. What did you think about the Tide coming back from that? Uh, well, you know, I thought a lot overtime. about it. I, was, I have to tell you how impressed I was with Florida, though. I mean, they went into one of the toughest places in the SEC, Logan, and had a chance to win at the end. That was a, And we, we haven't even mentioned the biggest story of the night, and that was LSU uh, stunning Kentucky. Kentucky uh, hit out, did everything they needed to do at the end of the game. They, came, they, they had a big lead. They blew it. They came from behind, but uh, LSU made the shot at the end off of a, I think it was a block, wasn't it? Yeah. It was an amazing finish. Uh, JB is up next in Huntsville. Hello, JB. Hey, Paul. It's, uh, it's obviously good to talk to you again. Thank you. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk about here. I, um, You know, it's almost tiring to, to hear all these people call in and talk about how Kentucky has been this or Kentucky has been that. Kentucky is a, a dying, you know, school they're 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 pitiful matt jones you know if ksr radio gets on and and just absolutely tries to defend john calipari at his almost his every move where where you know on the other hand we're i want to talk about alabama and what nate oates has done over the last couple of years you know the guys won uh won two sec titles in five years uh won the coach of the year in 2021 and it's just it, it kills me that you know in football, I guess we get Alabama football kind of drives this girl a lot, and uh, maybe not not so much as of as of late with Kalen DeBoer, but uh, uh, Kentucky basketball is kind of the same thing. And 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 Paul, they're just pitiful. Uh, and I think it's kind of time we recognize that there's a new emerging um, emerging uh, school here, and and it's Alabama and, and Nate Oates. Yeah, you know, I always look at it this way, JB. Uh, if you're an AD. Um, and I realize it's not fair because Calipari is in his 60s and. But if you if you take all of that out and you said who would you rather have coaching your program, Nate Oates or John Calipari? I don't think that's a very difficult thing to answer. Do you? It's, it, no, no, it's, it's Nate Oates for sure. And and you know Kentucky gave them this lifetime contract, and I'm sure that there's somebody back there ready to rip that up. And but, but, know, but by the way, if you would ask me the same question in football, uh, I, Nick Saban is going to be the answer. I, I don't care how old he is. You still want Nick Saban coaching your program? You you can't. I, you can't of answer course. that about John Calipari. And uh, and so yesterday on the program, I think it was J.K. or, you know, somebody that said that they live and die by the three. Last night, they, they really fought hard. And, 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 you know, that and obviously when the three ball wasn't dropping. But the last thing I want to talk about is, um, do you remember uh, James from Birmingham? He would call the guy that does the book and he, and he and he talks like this, Paul. Well, Paul, how about, you know, you know, what I'm talking about James. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so do you not get the same feeling of just what the hell is going on every time Bash calls your program? Well, here's what no, I, I here's yeah. what I think. Bash is, our, is a student at Colorado. Bash goes to class in the morning. Uh, what time is it out there? Is are they in Pacific or Mountain Time? Mountain Time? It's close to four twenty. So uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon. So so Bash, how'd you know? Bash gets out of class. He goes by, you know, grabs a burger. He goes over, he goes to his apartment, gets high. 
<laughs> Smoke some pot. Listen to some Grateful Dead. And, uh, and then, he, then he's somehow able to dial the numbers to the show. I guess it's a, he's got it in his phone. And then he houses on until we go to him, and then he makes no sense. It's like speed dial, I think, yeah. for him. You know, like the, uh, the older people, when they fall, the fall and I, I, I can't get up, yeah. the, the right. necklace on their ring. That's what he's got. It, it's I call Paul, and he talks with no emotion. It's just boring as all hey, hell, Hey, man. Uh, I, Paul, I'm, ba- I'm ba- Bash Brother, Bash Brother, what's he say? <laughs> Bash Brother Paul. Ba- ba- Bash Brother Randy. Ba- Bash Brother Paul. Oh, he's awful, bro. Hey, Randy, uh, roll tight. He thinks Randy went to Alabama. Have you ever been hey, to Alabama? Do you remember the beginning? <laughs> do, you, do you remember the beginning when he was calling Paul? And he he, he actually didn't bring up Alabama his first couple calls. No, he, he, that's, he's a phony old, Alabama fan. Alabama fan. He's, he's absolutely fake as can be. See, so, ra- see uh, the difference between Bash and the two of us, we're not high. Uh, so we no, actually remember. We're not. He started calling talking about Deion Sanders. Yes, in, in Colorado. Oh, he's prime, man. What about you? you? Got the receipts on you, Paul. Um, and then when Deion Sanders became irrelevant after losing his last eight games, Bash became a Bama fan. Flopped back to the tide, per usual. Per, you know, he's on the devil's lettuce, and, and, he, and it's probably time for Bash to get off of it. Bash just needs to wean himself off that weed before he calls. <laughs> Stay off. The weed. See you, Paul. Yeah, thanks. We, we broke the code on Bash. We'll take a short break. John Talty, who is not high right now, will join us in a few minutes. More guests, including David Hale, later on. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMS.com Paul. That's HIMS.com Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And welcome back. As we continue here, Diane is in Athens. Hello, Diane. Good afternoon. Hi. Thank hey you for taking my call. Thank you. So I have, I have an, I had an idea regarding how to calculate 
CFP standings and take uh, some of the subjectivity out of it and put objectivity into this where we could all see it. And uh, it would be um, easy and uh, introduce some transparency. So, um, okay, so it's sort of like this. If you have a conference win, it's two points. If you have a non-conference win, it's one point. So you've uh, won two games, one of each, that's three points. And your game, one of those games, I say, um, you uh, each touchdown is worth two points, point after is worth one. So if you score three touchdowns, you have nine points. Your, I just wrote this down, field goal may be one point. That'll push you over to ten. So if you had three points total for those two wins, you get you score enough, however that is, however many points. Each, each scoring is worth something. That'll push you to four points. Diane, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, so you're, I mean, it's an interesting proposal. It's not happening, though, but I just wanted to stop you before you got too deep in the weeds. No, I know it's not happening, but it doesn't hurt to think about an objective way to give points and reward effort for touchdowns, field goals, point afters, and uh, two-point conversions. That's it. Well, thank you very much for sharing it. Paul is up next in uh, Florida. Hello, Paul. Hey, Paul, how are you? So I want to shift gears just a bit if I can. Sure. I'm a combat wounded Marine, got wounded three times in Southeast Asia. I was in the uh, 26th Marines, 5th Marine Division. The 5th Marine Division, by the way, is the same ones that raised the colors on Iwo Jima tomorrow, February 23rd, 1945. Wow. That's an amazing moment in time. It was, and Paul, I can show you pictures where the first wave hit the beach, and it wasn't sand, it was volcanic ash, and those mm. young Marines couldn't dig in because it kept falling out on top of them. Anyway, I know there's other people waiting, but uh, I thought it may be appropriate, especially for as patriotic as you are, to remember that there were over 20,000 young, brave Marines 85 years ago who lost their lives over wounded. In that battle, the, the Marine Corps, the Navy Department says there were 26,000. But it's um, the bottom line is we're able to speak to you today and we're able to have the freedoms we have today, not only because of that one battle, but because of brave young warriors, teenagers at the time. Some of them are dead, and well, most of them are dead and 100 years old now. They gave their lives and sacrificed for something that was greater cause than themselves. Now, with that said, without having to, to take away from anything i just wanted to say if daryl was a marine i'm kind of embarrassed and i hope he doesn't tell anybody and i don't mean to take away from this story i told you the true story about about evil jima and what it means to marines and to american citizens but i got a nickname for daryl sometimes when he calls in you know what a catfish is all mouth and no brains right so instead instead of just calling him daryl why don't we just call him catfish but anyway, um, well, I'm really glad you said that. I, when I when I grew up, uh, there was a park uh, not far from where where I grew up, where they had uh, a uh, a statue of, of the of the Marines, you know, planting the flag, which uh, is one of the most famous pictures, really, in American history. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just, a, it, and I didn't, you know, I didn't really know uh, what it was all about until I, I and then I asked, and and that that is a story that you told that that is truly remarkable uh and i'm glad you shared it because it's it's one of the most important moments in american history 
Rosenthal took that picture, and that was the second flag raising. And I'll be honest, hair standing on the back of my neck right now, just almost emotional thinking about it. But uh, hope we never forget. Well, uh, I, I really appreciate. I'm glad you you brought it to. to I think there were uh, six people who did that. Uh, it, it's a. If you've never seen the picture for you young people, uh, look it up. I mean, it, it is uh, it is uh, as classic uh, and as uh, poignant as anything you'll ever see. Well, Paul, before I hang up and before I let you go, I know you're busy, but uh, they don't teach us in school anymore. I, I learned that stuff before I even went into Marine Corps. They don't teach American history like that anymore, and it's uh, it's been a lost thing where people don't even know that President Roosevelt said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. They have no freaking idea. But anyway, hopefully this, my generation will, when we die, our history won't die with us. Well, yeah, I'm glad you, you said that. Cause I, mean, I, you know, I don't think uh, as a young person or when you, I mean, my, my father fought in that war. Um, I, I know you, you've talked about your service and it's just, uh, I mean, I, I, mean I, don't, I don't want to sound like everybody else. Paul, but uh, we live in a completely different world now, and uh, but but these things are worth remembering. And I, I'm in your debt, and we're all in your debt for bringing it up. Thank you so much. We take a short break. We uh, will get back to uh, the news at hand. John Talty, one of our uh, regular guests, will join us in a moment. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I don't know if this is uh, my imagination or not, because I know uh, Coach DeBoer is getting his staff together, but it seems like every time Nick Saban blows into town, it's, he just completely... Uh, consumes all the oxygen from the media. And speaking of the media, somebody who uh, has written a best-selling book about Nick Saban and who has chronicled him uh, for a number of years is John Talty, who joins us now. John, uh, I guess you're aware Saban was in Tuscaloosa and Birmingham recently. Good afternoon. Yeah, he's been spotted uh, out and about, Paul. And uh, I think this is the reality of the situation for Kalen DeBoer. I think it'll probably diminish over a long period of time, but certainly in the short term. Anytime Nick Saban makes an appearance, that's obvious. But even just, I think when he does things that are different than how Nick did them, there's always going to be that natural comparison to, oh, Saban used to do it this way. And that's just something that he signed up for and is going to have to deal with uh, for the foreseeable future. Well, but and, and I guess the biggest difference so far, John, is that when Nick Saban talks, he creates news. When Kalen DeBoer talks, what happens? 
not much news so far, right? And I think that's probably, uh, you know, that's part of their personalities and part of that's been earned over a really long time uh, by Nick Saban and the success he's had. But this is something that I've talked about. I'll go inside baseball just for a second here. But you've been covering Nick Saban for a long time. I think you almost became accustomed to or, you know, kind of forgot just how pretty much everything he said moved the needle. He had these kind of big picture topics that he could weigh in on that could draw people in far beyond just Tuscaloosa and Birmingham. And I think the media ecosystem around Alabama benefited from that for a long time. And so it'll be interesting to see whether DeBoer has that reach uh, to this point. Of course, he doesn't. I think he's a name that you know fans are still getting accustomed to, still trying to learn about, you know, having been at Indiana, Fresno State, Washington. There's just not nearly that name recognition that a guy like Nick Saban has. But Saban as he kind of hit on in his comments the other day in the ESPN story, that's kind of what he's been doing for a long time at Alabama, just that he had a head coaching job and now he doesn't. And in theory could be even, you know, more open with what he thinks about certain topics. So, so let me get to that, John. He, he gave this interview and I, I don't know, uh, I'll defer to you. I, I didn't see a lot in there that I haven't heard uh, a thousand times. Uh, he, he wants to be helpful. He wants to be, uh, a source of meaningful counsel, but the real question now is what can he do considering he's no longer the coach? He's a commentator. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's no different. I think in some ways uh, than what people like you and Kirk Herbstreet and others can do. I think when you have a large platform, you can potentially use that as your pulpit to put out, the various ideas and theories that you have. Now, again, I think he's been doing that for a really long time. He doesn't have that natural, you know, 15, 20 people are going to be there every single time he talks. He's going to have to use ESPN and, um, you know, other places to get that message across. But that, that's kind of how I, I see it happening. I mean, now whether that proves to be effective, I think it's certainly to be determined. Um, I think he's, even in that story, he's talked about how he wants to do things, but I don't, you, know, he, you can tell he's hesitant to put out too, too much in terms of specific details. So I think that would be the next step for him would be, okay, I've thought about it for the last X amount of months. Here's what I think needs to be done. And, and I'm going to start pushing these points to these key, you know, whether it's decision makers, uh, congressmen, whatever it might be, uh, that I think could allow him to you know, help take that next step. John, it was not my intent to, to bring this story up, but it, it... Uh, just looking at some of the Alabama sites, uh, it seems like uh, a story popped up yesterday that nobody was really expecting, uh, maybe today or, t or yesterday or today, but it, it is dominating a lot of airwaves, and we're getting a few calls about it. So I defer to you, since uh, I, I realize now you're the national college football columnist for 24-7, but you, 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 know, you know enough about Alabama. Uh, my question is, what happened with the dismissal, firing, refusal to, to agree to a new contract, whatever, of Eli Gold, who was the play-by-play -play broadcaster of the Crimson Tide for 36 years? Yeah, Paul, I think breakups are hard, you know, whether that's a, uh, you know, a one-year breakup for maybe some of your listeners or if you've been married to one place for for 36 years. And I think, you know, based on what I know and also just kind of the public comments that have been made, I think you've got a situation in which someone like Eli Gold feels like he has given a lot to the university over his uh, long, distinguished time there. 
kind of a well, uh, since well publicized, really challenging battle that you know took his life, and he fights back and he gets back, uh, feeling like he can do the job again. And I think at that point, time had passed, and I think Alabama was already starting to think of what was next. And of course, they have that in Chris Stewart, who you know, has been part of those broadcasts for a long time and, and handled their basketball. And I think they kind of got stuck between the old and the new. I think Eli was looking to stay on a little bit longer. And, of course, Alabama was ready to take that next step with their, their new main guy, Chris Stewart. And so it's just it's unfortunate. I think it's always sad when you had, again, it, what's been a really good marriage for a really long time has to end the way that it, it has. But, you know, business can be cutthroat. And I think that uh, Eli has learned that as much as he feels like he's given to Alabama, business is business, and they feel like they have a, a – better option for what they're looking to do with Chris Stewart moving forward. John, that, that is, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I, I ask you a question to try to get inside somebody else's head and that's not smart, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, based on what Eli Gold said, cause the university hasn't said anything. I don't think uh, they, they said, uh, according to him that they were they were going to let him do the the spring game not exactly where you want to end your career but uh, that's beside the point uh and they were going to going to honor him and you know he was going to go off gracefully and m most people even though even if they knew what really went down were going to triumph this as a amazing career i mean he's 70 years old um that's young uh if you're you know sitting in the white house or running for the white house but it's not young uh, well, it's also young if you're on the game day set, but the point being, people understand it if you walk away. He chose not to do that, and I'm, I'm particularly curious if I can ever get to the question of, on this long diatribe, why did he go, I, I don't know if I'd call it scorched earth, but it, it certainly seems that way. I think it just hurt feelings, Paul. I really think that's what it is, and again, I'm not... Eli Gold, I don't get paid to be his representative, um, so I don't want to speak, you know, at a turn here. But just I think that his feelings are hurt. Again, I think it goes back to you know some of the the health issues that he's had. Him feeling like he's really given it his all. Uh, I can just I have you know to this point, fortunately, have not had health concerns to that extent. Uh, but I could see myself putting myself in his shoes for a second. I could imagine if I had to go through what he went through. And I fight my way to try to get back to my job. And I feel like someone's in my seat and they're not going to get up. I could see how that could be hurtful. And I think that's where it stems from. Now, you know, for me personally, if I'm putting myself in that situation, I think I try to go out gracefully. Um, I think, you know, I would, maybe this is a little selfish of me, but I would, you know, see what was, how much it was worth their while for me to go quietly. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe it would be worth a lot, but, I like the idea of here's my big moment and then, you know, I'm going to dial back my overall responsibilities and I'm going to pursue some other projects in the meantime, but my time as the voice of Alabama is over. But it's obvious that Eli does not want to do that, that he wants to continue working at a high level. And I think that's where it seems like some of the tension arose from of Alabama trying to you know, send him out gracefully, kind of paint it as a retirement and Eli being pretty forceful that this is not a retirement, this is not grateful, and I'm not leaving on my own terms. Yeah, now, by the way, you, you ought to, I know you're an accomplished writer, you got a book coming out in a couple of months, but you might want to go into public relations too, John. That, that is a very sensible reaction, uh, and I get it. I mean, we, we, we all get hurt at some point in time. We all 
don't like what somebody else tells us to do, but it just, uh, I, I'm just really sad about it because I've known this guy my entire professional career and uh, sadly, we all know the reality that the, the page gets turned and this is going to be the last thing most people see and hear. Yeah, and I think, Paul, what you learn, and I don't want to, you know, go too far down this rabbit hole, but I think you've seen, if you look at it as our industry as a whole, I think journalism all, you know, make a big picture. I think a lot of people have unfortunately learned that, you know, the job's never going to love you as much as you love it. And I think we've all probably either have or will have that reckoning at some point that eventually there will be someone younger and better and smarter, or whatever it might be. Or we'll get, or we get to be too expensive, or all these different factors, and that's just the reality of the the life that people like you and I and Eli have all chosen. And uh, you know, one day it kind of comes for us all, and that's really sad. And I think that's what Eli is is going through. And you know, hopefully you never go through that, and hopefully I never go through that. But I think it's probably a reality at some point, at least for someone like me. And it's just kind of you just try to get as good of a run as you can out of it. And I would hope that as time goes on. Eli can look back and, and be very happy and accomplished uh, for all the things that he did and how his voice will be part of so many memories for Alabama fans for, for many years to come. Well, it's been a rough year in Alabama. You, you got Saban, you got Rick and Bubba, and now you have Eli Gold. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if, uh, if the state can take anything else. Uh, John, always great to talk to you, uh, even about a subject I wasn't really thinking about, but uh, we, we, I wanted get some clarification because we keep getting calls and I figured uh, you would be the ideal person. Thank you, John. John Talty joining us from 24-7 on a number of different topics. We will come back right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We are back, and Fritz is up next. Hello, Fritz. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Great show, as always. Appreciate it. 
appreciate everything you do. I got a question, and you probably expounded on this. Uh, I missed your show yesterday. But I got a question for you about the University of Missouri. Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess it was the curators that created a committee of oversight for the athletic director right. or maybe the athletic department as a whole. And the next thing I understand, that caused a rift with Desiree, our AD. Yeah, and she left well. and went to Arizona. And I've never heard of an oversight committee on an AD before. And I just wanted to know if you have any comments because you went to a job that's been borrowing. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I'm glad you brought that up. I've known Desiree pretty well. Uh, she took a vastly inferior job in an athletic department that is absolutely chaotic at the moment. It's in turmoil. And I don't know all the details. And she said that she, uh, I mean, she gave the usual, I wouldn't ever leave a great job like I had except for the University of Arizona, which is a complete and bold-faced lie. Um, so I, I, I didn't know about this curator deal, but that's very interesting. Yeah, well, it's got me confused. And, you know, we've suffered a few losses with our coaching staff. And, right. Uh, I'm 72 years old and been a Mizzou fan all my life. So I've seen a lot of ups and downs in college football, especially at our stadium. But uh, I've never seen this before in my life. And if this is true, there's something something wrong and something happened beforehand or there was a uh, clash of wills there. So, yeah, no, uh, and we, first, I don't so know good. the answer, um, but, I, but I do uh, know a little bit. So I'll, I'll see what we can find out. Uh, we, we'll, it's a big story. Uh, you've had two athletic directors. Now we have one for a, an inferior job, uh, Desiree, and then Ross Bjork left for the Ohio State University. Why do they, why do they put that, the Ohio State? Is, is that, don't you think that's condescending? George is up next in Louisiana. Hey, George. Hey, can you hear me, Paul? Yes, I can. Thank you. Good. Well, uh, look, Ben, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just want to originally call just to uh, thank you for having Brian Kelly on today. I, I was, I got kind of used to him being on every week during the season, it seemed like, and it's always good to hear what he's got to say. I've got a real good feeling about about BK. I think that the program's in good hands, and I really feel like uh, we've got a another national championship uh, in our – Yeah, I do too. Our, uh, I think it may come next year. I think, uh, I think that maybe a year away, but uh, you know, people ask us. I, I get asked all the time, like, why do you have Brian Kelly on? Because – we think it's fascinating. Uh, well, we don't discriminate here. Uh, this, we, we, we heard uh, through some people that he was willing to come on last fall to, to give us an update every week. And how great is that uh, to have one of the top coaches in the country come on? And I mean, it's not like we're not just going over the, uh, the previous game. I mean, we're talking about uh, issues in college athletics from one of the top five coaches in the country. So we're, we're, uh, we're extremely appreciative of coach, uh, coming on and, uh, we're not turning down uh, head football coaches if they, if they want, want to come on the program. Uh, cheerleader is up next in Birmingham. Hello. Hey, cheerleader. Paul. 
Hey, thanks for taking my call, and I've got several several points I want to talk to you about. Everything's been very interesting lately. But do you remember a call from Charles? I still love Charles from Real Town when he called in and said he didn't think that women needed to be calling the show because they were stupid. Yeah, remember no, I do that? remember that, yeah. <laughs> I do remember that, and I, I laughed at it instead of getting mad at it. And about Eli Gold, Paul, do you, how long ago did John Forney leave? Well, John, long story short, uh, John was a broadcaster for 25 years. Ray Perkins, one of the first things he did in 1983 was fire Forney. Um, and then they fired the guy they fired Forney for in 1988 and brought John back. It was not a good idea. John was really kind of past that. They moved him out uh, and made him the host of the program, and then uh, Eli was hired as a result. Well, John Forney was great, and Eli the same. And we're going to miss him at the Golden Microphone there calling the Alabama games. That's just, we're going to miss Yeah, you know, that. a lot of people talk about well, it. Uh, listen, Eli was my friend, but John Forney was like a, uh, a second father to me, and uh, he's one of the most special people yeah. uh, in my life. And, uh just, I mean, nobody's ever had a richer sound or a better vocabulary Mm-mm. or could tell better, uh, greater stories over a few uh, bourbons than John Forney. Great stories, all of them true. <laughs> yeah. Man, you, and you know what uh, I'm no, talking about because you knew John. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the people he hung around with and what all they could talk he about. He hung around. Uh, John, John hung it. around with quite a crowd. Uh, uh, he told yeah, me a story. He, he, he used to live in New York, and he told me a story about how he was at the same table as Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. And I will not tell you any more because it would impugn John's wonderful memory, but it was pretty salacious. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.